We started the year with a, a week of prayer and fasting, and the theme of the prayer and fasting week was the word connection. And we started off with this idea that God created us uh, in His image, and, 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 and who God is, is God is a connected God. He's a relational God. And, and, and so we, we started with this idea that who we choose to connect with will actually determine the kind of life that we have. For some people, we connect to things that build us and give us life. But sometimes we choose to connect to things that actually suck that kind of life outside of us. And it's really a decision that we need to make and a very important decision we need to make in who we choose to connect with. And that was the right connection. John 15, and that's the passage we've been going off. I think we have it up. Do we? Just a sec. There we go. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus declares that he is the right connection. He is the fruitful connection. And he literally says, apart from me, you can do nothing. This is about making the right decision to make the right connection. The week after, we moved from the right connection to a strong connection. And we saw that God doesn't just want us to be connected to Him, but His desire is actually for us to connect with Him at a deep level, an intimate level. Why? Why was it important for us to have not just a relationship with God, but a strong or strive to a stronger relationship with God? And the reason for that was that only when it's a strong connection will it last. God desires connection, but connection that will last. He doesn't want just a one-off. He doesn't want just an experience or, or just a one-off encounter. No, He wants an, a relationship Till we meet him face to face. John 15, 16 says that, uh, that, do we have that? You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. God created us for the right relationship, right connection and a strong connection. And tonight, I just want to go one more week on this idea of the word connection. And I want to go from right connection to strong connection, which means to go deep. And then I want to go one more step because I believe there is one more step in the way that God created us. And it's to have a flowing connection. A flowing connection. Here's my main point for today. I'll start with it. I'll end up with it so you know that when we get there, I'm finished. But it's this. We were connected to connect. This sounds like a very simple and kind of a duh kind of a phrase, but we were actually created for connection for the sake of connecting, okay? We were created for connection, right, vertically, right, the connection with us and God, but also horizontally between us and each other. And the picture I had was Lego, now, anyone that's a parent that has a child over the age of two or three, you would probably have Lego in your house. Or maybe if you were young and you were lucky enough to have Lego in your house. 
Now, how Lego works is it's just little blocks. It's brilliant. Right? It's just blocks shaped in a way that you can connect them. But no one buys Lego and goes, wow, that's a great looking block and, and puts them next to each other without connecting them. The whole point of Lego is not just to be designed to be connected, but is to actually connect. And as you connect, you can create and build bigger things and bigger structures and animals and horses and whatever else that you can build with Lego now. We were connected with God to connect to man. And that's where we get in Luke chapter 10, verse 25 to 37. And I'll just read 27, I think it is. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And love your neighbor as yourself. I think there are too many times where we read this. This is the greatest commandment. Jesus is asked, what is the greatest commandment? And that's the answer. Love God and love people. But I think a lot of the time when we come to church and we, we become a Christian, we, we forget that. We, we, we just kind of get stuck on the first one. As long as I'm right with God. As long as I have a good relationship with God, as long as I have a strong connection with God, that's exactly what God wanted for me. But what I want to show you in this and in the next passage is that God wanted you to love Him, but also to love your neighbor, love those around you. Inside of us, inside of us, we all have this desire to be connected. You know, even in the world, even outside of the church, we all have this, even, even the non-Christians know that connection is important. That's why there are so many clubs and groups and societies in the world. Now, I did a little bit of research, okay? And it's all public news because it's all on your Facebook, okay? Certain people are in different clubs. And you guys choose to connect with different groups of people. Let me start with James Jang. James Jang is in a group called the Australian Institute of Music, Koreans. Oh, Korea, I, I found that hilarious. Okay, you join the Australian Institute of Music, that's where you study. But Koreans, one, you don't even look Korean, you don't even speak Korean. Anthony Bion, yeah, I'm talking about you, brother. He's joined the group with 25 members. Not a very big group. Local treasure guide. This is the description. All those who want to experience a unique side of Sydney's northern beaches. You live in Campsie, bro. <laughs> One more. Mr. Han So Kim. <laughs> you got. I, I was impressed. It's under his favorite books club. And this is the books club that he is in. He is in the books club of the Mr. Men series, <laughs> which is the same book club that I think my second son is in at the moment. <laughs> Be careful what you post on Facebook, my friends. It all comes out. You know, the world tells us that the world tells us that we need to connect. That's what Facebook's all about. Social media is all about just connecting, right? 
But this is the way that the world tells us to connect. And this is the criteria, right? right? Who do we connect with? People with common interest, like the Mr. Men series. Everyone who loves Mr. Men. Or everyone who went to the Australian Institute of Music Korean. <laughs> People with common interests. Who, who else does the world tell us to connect with? People like me. Have you ever noticed that people like you, you get along with them really well? You know, like some of my friends, sometimes we sit down, like, okay, Arnie, we just came back from Cambodia. We get along really well because we're really similar. I'm not going to tell you why we're similar, but we're similar. So we get along. So we get to, we, we choose to hang out. Another criteria on, on, on the world tells us that, that who we need to connect with is people you like, people that you look up to, and even people who you think that you might be able to get something from. That's the criteria that the world gives to us in terms of connection. Connect with those kind of people. And, and you know what? There's nothing wrong with these criteria, but, but we're going to see that Jesus is going to show us that this idea of a flowing connection, not just us being connected vertically with God, but the command to go and connect and love our neighbor is going to go further than people that we like, people that we're similar, and people with, with common interests. And we're going to go to the passage straight after the great commandment. I'm going to start in verse 25. I'm going to read the whole passage. We don't have 25. Good job, Steve. Start from 27. He answered. What did he answer? 25, 26. Okay. Let's go to 29. But he, and this was a uh, Pharisee, a teacher of the law, wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? And he replied, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. When he was attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down to the same, going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And then he put on the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I'll reimburse you for any ex extra expense you may have. Is that it? All right. I guess that's it. This is what happens when you try to do the PowerPoint from the other side of the world. Okay. All right. So let me run the story again. Everyone, if you've been coming to church, you know this story of the Good Samaritan. What you need to understand is that there's a few um, cultural things that you need to understand about this story, right? Jews and Samaritans don't get along. Right? You could replace this story Right? You could say a, a, a white Anglo Christian man got attacked, beaten, and robbed, and you know, 
another white man walked down and passed by, another white man walked down and passed by, and then a, a Muslim extremist came by and then saved this guy. Like, we, we, we forget the cultural aspect of, of this story, but, but Jews and Samaritans don't get along. So when the Jews heard this story and Jesus uses the Samaritan in the story and says that the Samaritan is the hero in the story, the Jews, one, would have been outraged and two, would have been really confused because they don't get along. They don't get along. But let's go back to the story. The man's beaten, close to death. And so the first person that goes by is the priest, a Pharisee, a teacher of the law, a holy man, right? Uh, the, local, uh, the, the cultural comparison would be like the pastor of a church. It'd be like me, right? And I see this man, and I see this man is half naked, half dead on the, on, on, on the pathway. And, and what I've done is instead of going to help this man, not only have I ignored the man, I've actually gone across the road and decided to walk down the other side. Complete ignorance. Okay? Secondly, we see a similar story of a Levite. Now, the Levite, the, the tribe of Levites, they were the, the, the priests and the worship leaders of the tribe of Israel. It's like Esther, our worship leader, or any one of our band, now that they would, you know, they represent Jesus on the stage, and they see this man, and then they just ignore and walk past. And I don't want to make too much about the priest and the Levite, because I want to talk more about the Samaritan. The Samaritan, and, and if you go by the story, it says the Samaritan saw him, he took pity on him, he went to him, he bandaged his wounds, he poured on oil and wine, he put the man on his own donkey, he brought him to an inn, he took care of him, and what you don't know is he stayed the night with him. The next morning, he takes out two denarii, gives them to the innkeeper, and then tells the innkeeper, hey, look after him, when I return, anything else that you need... I'll come back and reimburse. Right? And then the, the verse that we have missed is verse 37. Huh. 36. And it reads this. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? Which of these do you think was a neighbor to the man? And the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Right? The question that the, the Pharisee was asking at the beginning was, who is my neighbor? Put it differently, who is the person that I'm meant to connect with? Who is the person that I'm called to have a relationship with? Right? And he was trying to fish an answer out of Jesus and Jesus gives him the complete flip of an answer. And, it's, and, and Jesus says, it's not about who is your neighbor, but it's to go and be the neighbor. To go and be the neighbor. You know, Jesus says the greatest commandment is to love God and to love people. And yet, we, we pick and choose. We pick and choose who we choose to love. We pick and choose who we choose to connect with. And I just think that's really unfair because if God was to pick and choose who he chose to connect with, if John 3.16 read, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only, like that first phrase, right? For God so loved the world. If God chose to pick and choose and if God said, for God, 
you know, so loved the Anglos. Or for God so loved those that went to selective school. Or, you know, private school. You know, for God so loved those that have an IQ of over 150. You know, for God so loved only poor people. You know, we would think, we would think that God is an unjust God. We would complain about that and we, we, would, we would think that's, that's unfair. And yet, when we pick and choose who we love, what's well, really unfair because God didn't pick and choose. Like, you're not here because God, you know, He chose everyone. He allowed everyone. And yet, when we become picky in who we choose our neighbor to be, then just feel like we're not being fair to God. John 15, when we go back, and and I love the fact that the kids' talk was on this as well. 15, 12 to 13 reads, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. God did not just connect with us for the sake of us being connected. But God created us, not just for that connection, but for us to then flow that connection on. And I'm sure there's going to be many stories that come out out of our Cambo mission trip, but because it's very fresh in my mind, you know, the, the idea of, of what some of the things that, that, that we got to do in Cambodia and some of the people that we got to meet and some of the kids we got to meet in Cambodia. If we chose, if, if we were in a situation to pick and choose, I'm pretty sure none of us would pick and choose that. And yet the reason why we do what we do, why we go to Cambodia and why we evangelize and why we connect with people that we really wouldn't normally hang out with is is simply because we're not called to pick and choose. We're just called to connect. We're called to connect to the least of the least. You know, if if you're just going to be friends with the people that are like you or or, or you like or, or people that are similar to you, then, then how does the command go and love your neighbor work? So two things that we need to understand. God did not create us just to be connected to Him, but we are created to connect. We are connected to connect. That's what I mean by saying you are connected to connect. We're not called to live in isolation. That's why, you know, for some people, they're like, I don't, I don't know why, why you have small group or life group. And, 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 and my simple response to that, that is, I, I don't think you've understood what, why God created church or why God created us. We're called to be connected. But the second thing is you, you can't pick and choose who you connect to. It's not about who is my neighbor. The command is go and be the neighbor. Be the neighbor to whoever is there. I think one of the safeties that we have in these four walls is that we believe that if, if we have good fellowship in here, that, that we're appeasing God. And that we're making God happy. And I, and I think we, we only get halfway. I think we honor God when we obey his command. And when God said, love one another. And not pick and choose who you love. I think that's what honors God. So I want to finish with some practicals. Who can you be a neighbor to? Right? Really simply, right? Think about the people in your closest proximity. Your family. Your, your friends, 
your neighbors, like literally, like your next door neighbors, people you study with, people you work with, people you've traveled with. It's not about do you like them. It's about whether you're going to be obedient to God and whether you're going to connect with them out of that obedience. And that might mean, that might mean connecting with someone that you, you will receive nothing back from. Uh, one of the things that we did in Cambodia was we served uh, kids off the street. Can you imagine if we're there and we're like, hey, man, we'll, we'll hang out with you, but you, you know, you've got to do something for us. Can you imagine if, if mission work in the world was like that? Hey, we're going to share with you the gospel of Jesus Christ, but you need to, I need to get something back. It doesn't work like that. And yet, we pick and choose our relationships like that. But that's not what God desires. God desires us to love without picking and choosing. God desires for us to connect with those around you. God created us to be connected. He created us to make the right choice in making the right connection. And that right connection starts with the life source itself, Jesus Christ. Not only does God want us to have the right connection, but he wants us to have a strong connection. And to have a strong connection, you need to go deeper. Have a more intimate relationship with God. But that's not the end of why God created us. He created us to not just connect with him, but to connect with those around us as well. Can I give you a really simple guideline on whether you, you are doing this well or not? And I'll just use my story. In my fourth year of ministry, I think it was about my fourth year of ministry, I realized that every person that I was in contact with in, on a normal weekly basis was a Christian. There was no one. Like the people that I hung out with, because, you know, obviously busy with church and, and I was at college studying, Bible college, and everyone that I was hanging out with was a Christian. Can I tell you, if that's you, you're not in a good place. You might think you're in a good place. That's not a good thing. It means that you're not actually going out beyond these walls. And you're, you're not being obedient to, to going out. Also probably means you need to make more friends. <laughs> so for me, intentionally, I knew that there was something wrong with that. And so I had to change something. And so I ended up uh, joining a basketball team with old high school friends that, you know, the majority don't go to church. And I played basketball with them for a year and a half. And, 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 and that's, sort of, that's all it took. An intentional decision to go out and to be connected to those around me that God had placed me to connect with. And I wonder who that is for you. You know, maybe it's, yeah, maybe it's your work colleague. Maybe you can go from being a college, colleague to a friend. You know, maybe it's someone that you go to school with. You know, maybe you can go from being a, a fellow student to, to being an encourager. But please don't think that God created you and connected with you just for you. God did not create us just for us and our own gain, but he connected us so that we could connect to others. 
And I pray that that would be the heart of our church, that we would not be complete by standing in this place, holding hands together with one circle and singing Kumbaya together, but that we would be passionate about what God has commanded us to do as a community and to love Him and to love people. Next week, we share our vision again. We're just going to drill the same thing in. I pray that you would understand that you are connected to connect. And that this wouldn't be just some kind of theological idea, but it would be real for you tomorrow. Let me pray.